0: You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, On every Easter, the Gospel is taken from the story of the empty tomb. Yet, it must be clear that the empty tomb is not a proof of the resurrection of our Lord. Because as skeptics would say, perhaps the body of Jesus was stolen away and then he was resuscitated. Indeed, my dear brothers and sisters, The empty tomb only tells us that his body was not there. Faith is required for us to say he is alive. And that is why even when the women of Jerusalem went to the tomb and Jesus appeared to them, and they went back to tell the 11, they did not believe. And when Peter ran to the tomb, he was amazed that the body was missing, but he did not come to faith yet in the resurrection. So my dear brothers and sisters, What then should we make out of the story of the empty tomb? What is the significance of the empty tomb for us Christians who celebrate the resurrection of our Lord? The tomb, my dear brothers and sisters, is a symbol of death. In the tomb, there is total darkness. It is cold. In the tomb, there is no life. There is no breath because there is no air. To be in the tomb, therefore, means that one is cut off from the world. In the darkness of the tomb, it is very cold. You see nothing. You hear nothing. It is all silenced. But the tomb also has another symbol a symbol of the decadence of life. In the tomb, when the body decomposes, there will be a stench. Remember when Jesus visited Lazarus, wanted to visit him in the tomb, Martha told him, the body is there already for four days and there is a stench. It is a reminder, therefore, that when we are in the tomb, the soul is rotting. The soul is miserable. And that all the things that we have in this world, all that we have achieved, they are all rotting away. We cannot bring our achievements, our wealth, our glory, our success to the next world. That is why, my dear brothers and sisters, the world is frightened of death. Death, as St. Paul would tell us in Corinthians, is the last enemy of men. Because death is frightening. When you die, you die alone. No one can accompany you in death. It is such a lonely, frightening journey that you will take alone. The living can only accompany you until you take your last breath. From then on, you will be alone. That is why the world struggles with death. Is there life beyond death? Is that an annihilation of the human person? Are we reduced to non-existence? That is what the world wants us to believe. That when we die, we'll be reduced to nothing. All that we have, everything, is finished. Disappears into thin air and we become atoms again. But my dear friends, do you really believe that those who are telling us that there is no life after death themselves believe in what they say? It's a lie. Otherwise, why do they hold memorial service for the dead. If the dead is gone forever, they will not be here there to hear all the praises that you sing of him. Oh, perhaps they say a memorial service is for the living, not for the dead. Then why do we give a dead person a burial? Why waste land? When the person is dead, he is gone. Why do you want to give him a small plot of land? And land is expensive. When we say someone has departed or someone has passed on, what is the implication? That life continues. He has gone somewhere. He has passed on to somewhere but he has not disappeared. Indeed for those of us who believe in the lie that the world tells us you are done simply because not only you will not live you will have a living death even when you are supposedly still alive. And why do I say this? Simply because, my dear brothers and sisters, when you are frightened of death, you begin to grab whatever you can in this life on this earth. Because you believe, like the Yolos who keep on telling us you only live once. Since you have only one life to live and that's it, you better enjoy. You better take whatever you can take out of this world. Because after this, you will be no more. So enjoy everything. And that is what the world is doing. They want to be the best, the number one. They want everything. When that happens, everyone is your competitor, everyone is your enemy, because you must have the biggest pie. My dear brothers and sisters, St. Paul tells us in Romans 6 23. The wages of sin is theft. When we consider people our enemies, our competitors, there is no peace. Every day you are fighting. You live a life of promiscuity, a life of hatred, anger, revenge, Greed, envy, how can you be happy? There is no freedom. You are already going through a living death. You might be alive physically, but your soul is dead because there is no joy, because there is no meaning, no purpose. That is why, my dear brothers and sisters, this evening when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, we are told that there is a way out. Jesus will show us the light. And that is why we have the liturgy of the light at the very beginning of this Easter visual service. And the cantor sang so beautifully, Be glad, let earth be glad, as glory floods her, ablaze with light from her eternal King. Let all corners of the earth be glad, knowing an end to gloom and darkness. Truly, my dear brothers and sisters, Jesus is the light That will bring us out of our darkness, of our misery, of a meaningless life. And again, the beautiful exultate tells us the four nights that the Lord will deliver us. This is the night when once you let our forebears, Israel, children from slavery in Egypt, we are set free from slavery to the world. This is the night that with a pillar of fire banish the darkness of sin. This is the night Jesus will deliver us from the sins that cripple us. Thirdly, this is the night that even now throughout the world sets Christian believers apart from worldly vices, from the gloom of sin. Leading them to grace. How beautiful. And finally, this is the night when Christ broke the prison bars of death and rose victorious from the underworld. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this evening we are celebrating Jesus as the light of the world. He brings warmth. Light our way and give us the warmth of love. Indeed, my dear brothers and sisters, Jesus has come to roll the stones away. The women were wondering who will roll the stone away, who will soften our hardened hearts who will melt that heart of ours, so cold, unforgiving, unmoved. Because a heart that is selfish, is inward-looking, cannot feel with others, cannot feel for people. That is a hardened heart. And Jesus has come to remove that stone by the warmth of His love. By His death on the cross, Jesus has revealed to us that love triumphs at the end of the day. Loved overcomes all things. Those of you who are not able to love, loved, Those of you who are not able to love your loved ones again because they have hurt you. You want to find life again? You need to let the love of Christ enter your heart. Until when you are ready to forgive, to soften your heart. Hatred can be overcome. If you find life is so meaningless, as I've said on Holy Thursday, if you live for yourself, life has no meaning. That is what the resurrection is all about. The resurrection is transformation of life. Resurrection means to say Jesus lives entirely from God and for God. The resurrection means to say, there are no boundaries, no barriers between God's love for us and our love for Him. That's why the resurrection transformed life. The resurrection transforms us. Now what we need to do, my dear brothers and sisters, today, as in the reading of St. Paul, We are called to share in this life through baptism. And we are called to die with Jesus. That is how we are given the new Spirit. That is why normally on this night, the catechumens are baptized. They're given the new life of the Spirit. It is the Spirit that helps them to destroy their sinful self so that they could live entirely for God. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, this is indeed a new beginning for us. This is indeed, my dear brothers and sisters, for you to restore your meaning in life. To live for yourself by living for others and for God. And this is where, my dear brothers and sisters, we can truly rejoice with the church. As we say rejoice, let Mother Church also rejoice. Array with the lightning of His glory. Let this holy building shake with joy, filled with the mighty voices of the people. And let us truly be an Alleluia people. An Alleluia people means people filled with great joy, even in times of suffering, because we no longer suffer in vain. Any suffering that is for loved is always a liberating, joyful suffering. And this is what Christian joy is all about. This is what we mean when we sing Alleluia. The Lord is risen because His resurrection gives us a certain hope that one day love will triumph over hatred and life over death. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Gore. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.